The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and He entered the village. He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance, and they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When He saw them, He said to them, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. He praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet. He was giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? He said to him, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Every week I can listen to uh, parents when they're acting with their children. And sometimes when the children are, like when we're out here in the line and we have all the cookies and the refreshments out and one of the, the, the hosts type of folks says, here, would you like to have a cookie? And the child's saying, well, heck yeah, I'd like to have a cookie. And they take the cookie and they put it on their plate. And then the parent standing right next to him says, remember, tell them thank you. Right? Is that not something that parents do when your children receive something like that? You kind of like nudge them with your elbow or your knee or your hip or something. You say, what do you say? Isn't that the statement we always ask? What do you say at times like this? You tell them to say, thank you. Or if, if you're down and you're somewhere in a public place, not maybe at the church, and ch- someone gives your child a compliment, wow, you look nice tonight, or wow, you got good grades, or they just, it's just some sort of a flattering, nice statement an adult would make. And the parent will say, and now what do you say? And the child is supposed to say, thank you. Now, most of the time when the children are doing this, it's not that it's really coming out of their hearts. It's kind of an obligatory thing. They're being prodded and pressured by their parents to say the appropriate response of words. Thank you. Um, It's not really a want to. It's almost a have to. They're being trained up in those ways. And it only shows up later on because when they get to be like in the teenage years, and they're graduating from high schools, and all the friends and the family are like showering them with different graduation gifts, kind of getting them ready to go off to school with stuff. The parents will typically have those high schoolers write thank you cards. Having been there and done that, I can tell you it wasn't, I confess, it was a selfish thing. I wasn't really that I wanted to say anything. It was kind of obligatory. It was a have to, not necessarily a want to. And I was thinking about that with children. And I was thinking about us as a country. How is it that we are approaching this as Americans? Is it the same for us as a nation? Are we kind of pressured from our history to kind of approach these days and kind of have to go through the motions to say thank you? Of the tens of thousands or millions of Christians in our country, how many are going to stop and pause and turn like one of those lepers and actually tell God thank you? Or during their meals, dedicate a time to give God thanks and praise. Is most of our culture kind of like the nine lepers? We are so wrapped up in what we've just received, we're just going to go tell everybody about it. We're not really going to want to return and give thanks. We're distracted by all the meals we have to prepare, all the the houses we have to have in good order, 
<laughs> Maybe we're going to be thinking about all those Black Friday sales we've got to get in order because Christmas is coming around the corner. I don't know where are we at as a country when it comes to Thanksgiving. Are we a people that has a have to? Or are we a people that has a want to? That's been on my mind a lot this last couple of days. Have to's and want to's. When we're thinking about today's gospel lesson, um, Luke brings up a word with the lepers, a word of faith. And I was just thinking tonight, how is it that we would define faith? Again, we're a small group here. We get to interact a little bit in these times. What would be some things that would come to your mind if you were to say, this is how I would define faith? How would you define faith? Let me know. Anybody? What's faith? Trust. It's a trust. There's something about trust and faith. What else? Believing. A believing, but not, oh, but not seeing. So there's a, yeah, that's biblical. You have faith. Yeah, that's a good thing. What else? What else comes to your mind about faith? If I say, what is faith? What would you say? There's some comfort in okay. What else? Anything? A relationship. A relationship. Faith isn't really, yeah, absolutely. What else comes to mind? Faith is kind of a big topic when you start thinking about it. What would you say faith is? I don't care if he has right. It's not about right or wrong answers. It's just what comes to your mind. What's faith? Love involved with faith, maybe? Okay. Luke brings us a definition of faith today. Nine cleansed. And nine go on their way. If we think about this, it's almost a superficial level of cleansing. Yes, they had leprosy. Yes, it had had removed them from their families. They had been declared unclean. And they they were set to live outside of town. They were probably living in caves. There, if they were lucky, they would have lived in another community of other lepers. Because then they would have shared at least some company. They wouldn't have been completely alone. Some lepers just lived alone. They would have traveled to the rock just outside town and there they would have gotten the bread that the family members would have left and the family members would have gone back. So they're living off of the welfare system. But they're dirty, they're rotting, they're hurting, they're aching. The sores, the leprosy spreads. Anything that touches it can infect. They can be losing noses and ears and fingers. It's a, it's a disgusting, rotting, painful disease. Um, gangrene takes a lot of lives with that. And so here these lepers are and they've been cleansed. The leprosy is gone. They have young skin, new skin. And they go running off to go find their families and be restored to the communities that they've missed and the loved ones that they've not embraced and the children they've not hugged. Maybe if it was a child, they're going home to embrace mom and dad for the first time in years. That's what they did. But Jesus says to the one who returns, this one who returns just doesn't return. He falls at his feet. He's so overwhelmed with this, this healing and this being cleansed moment, that he runs, and now that he's cleansed, it's not improper to fall at someone's feet. He falls at his feet, and he's giving him thanks, and he's giving him praise. This is a grown man. What would it take for you as a grown person, as an adult man or woman, to fall at someone's feet, and maybe with tears in your eyes and sincerity in your heart, just thank them and worship them and praise somebody? That is a powerful expression, at least in my world, because it would take a whole lot for me to want to fall at someone's feet and do something like that. And when he's there, and he's in that place, Jesus says some important words for us. He says, rise, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. So one's cleansed, and one has the addition of not just being cleansed, but now because of his faith, is said to be made well. That's not a superficial skin piece. 
That's just not the removal of leprosy. There's something in that statement that says the entirety of this person, as they've come and fallen and been at the feet of Jesus, giving Him thanks and praise, that there's something about that that displays within themselves, to the very core of who they are, they are now well. Not just leprosy. The entirety of this person. Rise. Go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Um, Luke adds something then to his definition of faith in that whole episode because he says it's your faith that made you well. For Luke, faith includes a very important word. It includes a word, gratitude. Think about it, gratitude. All nine are cleansed. All ten are cleansed. One goes on his way. One returns. The difference between those is gratitude. There's an expression about faith if you think about this. Nine folks were cleansed and they had been received the blessing of God. And they had a level of faith, but it was not what faith, what Luke would describe as faith. It's kind of like down in here. They've been receiving healing and they went on their way. But to Luke, Luke faith meant something more like this. Luke meant you don't keep it small. You let the whole world know that your gratitude. You raise it up. You display it. And in that gratitude, you can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep it private and under control. You raise it up. It's not something down here, it's faith. It's way up here, it's faith. It's a different definition. It's a different level of expression, this kind of faith. It's not small. It's bold. It elevates and it declares who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And it does so big. It's grounded and it's elevated. Faith, for Luke, is like this. Luther was asked to define the true meaning of worship. Luther was asked, or another thing is, what is true faith? Luther's response to that question was the tenth leper. That's it. If you were asked, what is true worship and what is true faith, you could answer the tenth leper. Because the tenth leper had the knowledge. The tenth leper knew who the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit was. That tenth leper knew who Jesus was. He was the one with just a word, spoke to him. They never even knew him, but said, I can heal you. I will heal you, and I have healed you. Go. And that tenth leper then came back and he worshipped and he raised him up. He fell at his feet. He didn't keep it quiet. He returned thanks. If you're going to think about the word faith, from this day forward, think about the leper and think about gratitude. How is it that we can say that we have faith and not raise it up? How is it that we can have any... If if you say that you have faith, if I say that I have faith, and I just keep it small, and I go about my business, maybe I go home and I return to my family and I'm sharing this stuff, if that's where my face at and there's no gratitude in it, it's there. Faith. Once you know what Jesus has done for you, there's gratitude and there's a display. A heartfelt gratitude. It's a different definition of faith and Luke gives it to us in the story of these ten lepers. 
So on our night as we're gathering for this Thanksgiving, for tomorrow, the day our country does this, maybe our prayers tonight and tomorrow when you're huddled with friends and you're huddled with family is to remember what Jesus has done for you. Tonight we've highlighted the crosses. There's a light shining on that cross and there's a light shining behind that cross. There's a light right here next to this cross. What did it cost for us to be saved? What does it cost for us to return to our Heavenly Father after our bodies expired? It cost God everything. Are we not grateful? Are we not grateful? Are we going to keep it small? Or are we going to shine it? Are we going to pray in Jesus' name or just in God's name? Say the name Jesus. Be, be grateful. Be mindful of what's happened for you. Nine lepers just took it for this one on their way, but one. Faith and gratitude. So, Lord, help us be like that tenth leopard. leper. Not only cleanse us, Lord. Not only cleanse us, but make us well. Make us grateful. And let the whole world know that we're grateful. The whole world. We can be sent on our way like this leopard was sent. We can let every know, everyone know about a saving love.